got the ogs in the chat handing out them bangers emote bangers king emotes fractal emotes let's get some strongs strong emote strong uh and answer your question you just asked me cooper yes that sounds good do that i think that'll actually work really well for this mr two-bit jason sir check your discord messages indeed <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Kyle said it. I thought you said emo banger for a second. I'm I'm sitting across from the emo banger. Hey, that's Cooper. me. Yeah, Cooper, you were in fact emo. I had Matt listening to emo this morning. You did. You did, in fact. Yeah, I woke up this morning to two fantastic links from my good friend Pooper Brooks. Very much enjoyed those. One of them was Dreg. I think that's what I'm gonna call him. I'm going to call him Dreg. Dreg? J-Reg. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, it was really, this really interesting video. Maybe this is something we could post in the, in the, uh, the, the supporting listeners group. If you want to act, yeah, have the actual link to the video we were talking about, then you got to join. Um, the <laughs> emo, I thought it unalived itself. <laughs> um, the, from this guy, from this guy Dreg, as I'm, I'm going to call him, he talked about the the autism schizophrenia spectrum being like the only spectrum that matters, and uh, laterality versus verticality, and it was actually like really interesting kind of philosophical take on on some ideas, but it was delivered in this fantastic uh, Zoomer spirit, uh, just just kind of taking every opportunity possible to give the finger to the the naive Boomer idealism. And with its science and its uh, um, you know, peer review and such things. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll throw that link in the Discord. And uh, if you guys want to see that, you can go to subscribestar.com slash kingpilled. We get that among other things. Jason, 2-Bit Podcast Jason. What's Look up? Look at that. I like this. I like this spur of the moment thing here. Also because... I've got a whole bunch of notes written down here. I don't usually write notes before a show, but this one had me going, so I had to write some notes down. And I know Look that Cooper has a hard out. Oh, Johnson. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Cooper has a heart out, and uh, so maybe Jason uh, can wind up filling some of that space, or maybe I just wind up filling it myself. I I feel some I feel space. Mm-hmm. You do, you do very well. I've I've got a like I'm just hearing everything on the on the left side here. Is that yeah? I a... think um, I think you've got like your laptop or your computer mic on or something like that because I'm still hearing everything right now. Jason, did you mute? Hang on. <laughs> Are you talking to me? Um, is Jason on the correct mic? There we go. That's better. Yeah, there. That's better. Yeah. Now we lost your camera. I don't know if that's if those two things are mutually exclusive. I'm hearing both of you guys only in the left channel. It's if it's just me, then that's fine. It could be an AirPods thing, but I I don't know if there's an if there's an uh, audio thing. That's I going. hear you in both sides, so I don't know why my thing. camera's gone. That's okay. You're ugly anyway. Nice. <laughs> well, we'll. Oh, there you are. Hey, there he is. Beautiful yeah, face. Big boy. Boom. <laughs> face as beautiful as his voice. So um, the other day, Cooper and I were were talking about the the thing we were talking about yesterday with with uh, this sort of I don't know a cabal of something like a like a counter elite uh, a counter elite cabal sort of forming uh, with uh, Tucker, Alex Jones, Elon, Andrew Tate. Um, and then uh, you got Mike Flynn, and you got some of these other people. Vivek Ramaswamy is sort of playing footsie with them. You got the Joe Rogan crowd. It, it seems like there's the 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 potential for a, an actual legitimate counter elite to begin rising out of that. And Cooper and I were talking, and, and we were talking about this Red Caesar concept that you know, everyone's kind of has this in the back of their mind, looking forward, expecting it. Even if they aren't familiar with the, the concept of Red Caesar, they're kind of there's a there's a a yearning for this return of a powerful masculine authoritarian um, spirit of high moral fiber and intentional order and, and such things, and I was thinking about the way that our digital, I, I guess the way that digital reality is 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 ordering us as we are ordering it, and the the different types of persons that we're capable of interacting with now. You kind of have you can have like an, an an actual person, and then you can have digital persons or personas, and sometimes those digital personas are like correspond one to one with a person, where a person creates a brand out of themselves, and then they use that brand, and then sometimes you get digital personas that are actually a collaboration effort between or among a, a group of people. So you could have you could have one. Uh, digital personality, but that digital personality could be constituted either intentionally or un or unintentionally by a collection of personalities. And I'm wondering if this is the idea I kind of brought up and Cooper and I talked about it briefly and then teased it on the show yesterday is, is it if by looking for a red Caesar in terms of maybe it's Elon Musk, or maybe it's Tucker Carlson, or maybe it's someone we haven't met yet, or maybe it's Ron DeSantis, ha ha ha. When in looking for an individual personality like that, I wonder if we might be missing a broader phenomenon, which is Red Caesar becoming an emergent phenomenon out of the activities of, of people. I think we, I think I talked to you about this on the VC at some point, but like I, I see it more like a stacking phenomena where what you're seeing is all these different, let's say, populist 
leaders from Mili in Argentina to this uh, El Salvador guy and all these guys. All they're doing, all they have to do is just score one big win and shock the system in their system in one way. And all those successes kind of stack. So eventually what someone's going to come by and do is come is show up and go, I'm going to take all the things that worked. I'm going to ignore all the things that didn't. And I'm going to add on to my own, my own things. I think what we forget is I like Julius Caesar was closer to Alexander the great than we are to, to, to Julius Caesar. So he was pulling from antiquity. He was pulling from good models that really weren't, you know, in terms of how time worked back then, it wasn't that it wasn't that long ago for for them. So he could he could he could do like a one to one model. There's like tons of different models that he could pull from. Where 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 we're at now, there isn't any good modeling because it's like almost everyone has been revealed to be a schmuck on some level. So it's like no one wants to be FDR, even though FDR was incredibly successful, or Lincoln, because Lincoln was he kind of evil, but really also really successful. Like. I think we have to start tossing out these ideas of good and evil to a certain extent um, or right and wrong um, in terms of some sort of high moral standard when the situation is that these people are dealing with pretty horrible people. So all you have to really do is do one really great good thing and that will lead to if there's going to be one guy and I don't, maybe it's not, maybe there won't be one guy I'm, I'm, I'm rereading or getting ready to um, invest more time in Yarvin's patchwork. And I think that patchwork idea is really what we're going to start seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, More informal, smaller group enclaves, whether it be in smart cities or super cities or areas or countries or micro states or whatever have you, these things are going to start flexing because of this massive power vacuum. So I was watching a interview today, um, or I guess a conversation between Jonathan Pajot and uh, John Verveke and a guy named Jordan Hall. And they were talking about, they started off with basically the concept of an egregore. And a, so an, an egregore, for, for those who don't know, is something kind of like a, like a, a, a non-personal uh entity that arises from the collective minds or the collective consciousness of a group of people um think of it's like group think it's like group think but esoteric yeah 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 like uh uh, people don't have ideas ideas have people and so they were exploring this this idea and the the term that that john has been using for it is hyper agent so you have you have agency and then you have hyper agency um, and the question, the, one of the things they were teasing out is um, you have uh, it, like a, uh, an emergent phenomena that comes from the bottom, but then you also have an emergent phenomena that comes from the top. And so are these, are these things top down or are they bottom up? They're talking about, they describe like the formation of a tornado where you get this paralleling it to mob mentality where you have this, this, this herd thing that arises suddenly and it becomes an entity that that operates um, according to its own intentionality almost. But then they were differentiating between an entity like that that is autopoetic or self-creating and an entity like that that's that's autocatalytic or like self-sustaining. And 
really what they're dancing around and, and, and Pajot sitting there is basically making it explicit that what they're describing are spirits. This is what, when the Bible refers to spirits, this is well, one of the things that it's talking about is this, this um, like an emergent manifestation that is um, almost, you could, you could say it is like, like, like parasitically attached or, um, or, or, or kind of is, is like manifested out of the behavior of humans. When human beings act and do things and we begin organizing ourselves, we generate these spirits, these spirits that, that arise. And then the question becomes, are we, did, are we governing the spirit or is the spirit governing us? You know, if someone has a great idea and everyone begins following that idea, and that idea has its own set of baked-in incentives that, that perpetuate itself, then eventually you kind of hit this tipping point where people begin mindlessly following the idea and the idea possesses them more than they possess it. What is, uh, how does that, uh, this idea of, of, of hyper agents, hyper agency, um, how well, do you... you know what I'm going to say, uh-huh. mimesis is <laughs> an external function that so all desires are externalized from, from us. And we seek them. Uh, they don't. They're not self. We don't. We don't generate them. We we chase them from external sources. And some people can moderate them to us or mediate them. Other ones are just more self. Are more more obvious. <clears throat> but when you're, I think, I think what people are starting to figure out now, finally, is that there's this whole other section that is not is that can't be covered by psychology. Like I saw that Viveki was in, or whatever his name is, it was in my feed as well. I was about to click on him, but like I'm so tired of hearing people approach things from a psychological lens. Like I'm, I'm just done with hearing that side now, because they always seem to hit this thing where they're like, well, and then then people just generate this thing because it's evolutionary, yada yada. And you're like, but what would be the what would be the evolutionary benefit of creating demons? Like, if demons are all in our head, if spirits and other things are just manifestations of a, co- of a common consciousness and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, why would we do that? Like, it, it, you, would, you would think that we would devise systems to stop doing that because that seems stupid, right? Like, we, why would you want to make Satan appear in your life? Right, so but, the way that you explain these phenomena that are demonic is, well, the way that, like, the, the Verveki guys they'll they'll say i don't know if they'd have an answer to your question because everything in their mind is like emergent yeah um but the way you answer the question is like well what's up with all the demonic shit it's like yeah because there's also the top down there's the emanation and there's demons you know mm-hmm. right and i think this is why they want ufos to be real yeah because ufos give them a science give them science demons <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and it's like okay well now you got science spirits good 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 one good good yeah, you know right. there's still demons right like they're still want to destroy your soul and eat and, and eat you so <laughs> sure what a, however you get to the, however you get to the dance party man it's cool but now that you're here uh <laughs> you might want to pick up a bible and start figuring these things out uh so part because, of yeah. part of this mimetic process then this you you have desire and this desire then um uh, it's the like the desire is what motivates the uh, uh, behavioral process. Desire is what motivates behavior, and that behavior is directed toward 
I think, fundamentally toward taking what is and adding to it, trying to generate an excess. And we, we all want to be, we all want to be good people. We all, we, you're getting instantiated. You have, you have a young child, you know, this, you know, you, you're a good boy, girl, girl, you know, you're, you're substantiating good and the desire to be good into your child from a very early age and be that as it may, I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing, but, but so you spend your entire life trying to be good. And in terms of modeling behavior, obviously, oftentimes you're looking for people who you believe to be good so that you can model yourself after them to be also be also to also be good or successful or whatever. Um, but it's usually good, like morally good. And we've had up until relatively recently, very good systems. Like you had, you know, model yourself after Christ and you won't, you know, if you will, you'll never be Christ, but the closer you are to him, the better you will be like even massive atheists i remember the you know uh, hitchens and stuff like that even they couldn't <laughs> say bad things about jesus as a as a character in their mind so yeah you do that right um that's usually the way to fight it the 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 issue i think is now if you're starting to model demonic forces because people are telling you that demonic activity or that kind of behavior is also good well, then, then you get, you know, thirteen-year-old girls chopping or chopping their breasts off or whatever. Um, they're they're still trying to be good. <laughs> like that's the sick inversion of it. So, this process you have this this uh, this additive process that um, I think is is fundamental to uh, to human action. This is part of being fruitful and multiplying. Is being fruitful and multiplying isn't simply about having children and, and, and generating them. That's an expression of that. That's a fundamental expression of that. But that uh, our entire life is to be dedicated to this additive process, this process of, of generating value, generating more value from existing value. Now, that process itself is... I believe what generates these hyper agents, it, it generates these these parasitic um, thing. We 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 are going to refer to them as like ideologies. An ideology would be an example of this sort of um, uh, hyper agent or 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 spirit sort of that becomes a um, a self reinforcing organizing principle. Ideologies are things that are manufactured. An ideology is 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 a type of artificial intelligence that's generated by human beings to try to to mimic the the logos. They're like they're like pseudo pseudo logi. And so what I see is this this uh, um, these these like dual forces where as human beings we have this drive this additive drive, and I think that. what Nick Land describes as capital, I know we've talked about this before, the, the, um, his description of capital being basically doing things competently and that competently is, is creating this positive feedback loop of added value. That's an inevitable part of human behavior, and I think it's actually fundamental to our um, imaging or, or our, our being an icon of Christ is engaging in this creative process. However, Engaging in this creative process when it is not grounded in the logos is what generates these 
um, like these, these, these hyper agents, these organisms that kind of piggyback on human behavioral patterns, artificial intelligences. So I guess kind of this, this, uh, I like a, like a theory or a hypothesis that I'm working on is that the generation of artificial intelligence is, uh, is a form of technology and technology is a natural outworking of human behavior. The artificial intelligences themselves are not, um, they're not demons. An artificial intelligence isn't a demon. It's a technology. It's a tool used by human beings, but like every technology, and it seems, and it's seeming increasingly with each new layer of technology, it's becoming more and more powerful. It's leveraging individual humans capacity more and more. So the capacity for evil is greater and greater at the same time. As the technologies um, evolve and adapt, they serve as mirrors reflecting back what it is to be human to us. So there's a sense, a sense in which technology is something like a, um, it's something like a like a purification process or a filtering process. It's a natural outworking of human behavior, and it can be used for good things and can be used for bad things. Um, but it, it's, this seems like it's like a, like a fundamental reality about the human experience. Let, throw that in your lap. What do you do with that? Uh, here's one thought I was having two, two divergent thoughts with it, but, um, I was going to probably cover this on tomorrow's show, but, um, you know, liberalism, li liberalism dies every time an academic doesn't make tenure, um, seems to be accurate. Because I'm, I'm watching now the patterns of everyone I see who's talking about certain things. Now, with AI, it seems to be that the people who are the most freaked out and warning about this dangerous AI that's going to destroy humanity and stuff like that are all middle management people or all pretty unexceptional, like the mm -hmm. Sam Harris's and like the, yep. you know, uh, maybe people from a certain tribe who make up a disproportionate amount of middle management <clears throat> who... In academia, who now are faced with this uh, with this stunning realization that ninety percent of their job or their their purpose up to, the, to this point, and not to poo poo it, it's just what it is. It was just data management. Like are they you were referring just to the homosexuals. Uh, yeah, Them yeah, well, I'm, I'm referring to many. <laughs> there, there are many Poop people picks. who are free. Yeah, <laughs> you you have three almost three camps, right? people who are freaked out about this thing and saying it's going to destroy the world. It's just really going to destroy their world, but whatever, um, or put them out of work. You have the people who are completely and totally ambivalent to it. Like, meh, yeah, what, how, like just asking wrong, stupid things. And then you have people who are aggressively going to use it to, to do cool shit with. Now, whether that cool shit somehow, some of that's going to be horrible and, dystopian and stuff yeah but you know the, we live in 2023 so i mean what, what do you want me to tell you like yes <laughs> yes it's going to be all horrible and wonderful at the same time so you are you are in the singularity enjoy it um but i think so i don't think you can have a a, a decent intelligent conversation about ai because most of the because the conversation itself is getting so muddied and I think you're, I agree with you, and I think we've said this pretty early on about things. Because when I heard Cyprian talk about stuff, I was like, mm, no. Right? Technology isn't a demon. 
demons don't demons want us if anything mm -hmm. and they want us because they're they're actually they 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 have no um they're impotent they're mm -hmm. they're angry at us because we have agency and they don't so they, they it, it may seem like they have agency but they don't they're celestial intelligences like that's kind of how the orthodox call it or i think there's other terms for it but like these like sort of uh, disembodied intelligences that float around that were kind of designed to, to do things to, to help out greater spirits and that's what their job was and some of them just said nah right and went off and did their own thing but it, they're just massively impotent so the only way to, they can't hurt god so the only way to hurt god is trying to get at us and the only reason god allows it is because he realizes that it's it's a it's a learning and purification process for us. So it's kind of like why you let your kid sometimes you, sometimes you let your kid fall not from a huge height but from a smaller height just so your kid understands about falling. You know, it's this is it. And if you take this on a massive celestial scale, well, it explains a lot of things. Like. God made so much more sense to me when I when I was a father. When I became a father, it was like, oh, right. Well, that makes sense. You you know, people are like, well, why didn't he tell us everything? I'm like, do you tell do you teach astrophysics to your kid <laughs> when they're two? Imagine, make, think of it that way, right? Think of it like we're stupid. How about we're how about if we're just really fucking stupid, and God's just waiting for us to kind of get smarter, <laughs> so that we're not so fucking stupid about that. <laughs> I don't like that. I can't stand the uh, <clears throat> technology is a demon shtick that I some people it. have. Like, okay, did we? Was it created by man? The technology? Yeah. Then it's not a demon because we can't do that. So, right. Mm -hmm. End of argument. Well, it's also, it's also the the. Um, sorry, I don't know if she's getting a bit too loud on the mic. Um, no, it's cute. Yeah, she's she's into singing now. But her <laughs> but her songs like they're just. They're just Tilly songs. Yeah, Easter does the uh, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they can they can drive you crazy after a little bit. Uh, oh yeah. What I was getting at? Yeah, I mean, this is there's two things that quite often you hear this from Orthodox Christians, which I always find in, interesting, is that they seem to be there's this, there's like this real desire for the eschaton now, mm -hmm. like they want to live in, and I'm not talking like the end times. I'm talking about the end times. Like it's it's we're we're looking for Elijah, right? Like he's coming any minute now, right? Um, and I think that's as that's a weird outcropping of pride and vainglory. And this other thing that technology or this thing that we got built is going to be this horrible demon Satan thing, or the Antichrist comes from it. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. How about no? Because uh, also, how do you live with that? So you imagine, like, how how are you how are you uh, getting through your day that way? It's the same thing with with the JQ or other other people who want to put want to give these other people too much power. I'm like, okay, so let's just assume let's assume you're right, okay? And it's all awful, and it's all we're all going to become digital serfs, and all this stuff is happening, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? First of all, if you're living in America and you're saying that the the country's ruled by the by the Jays. And they're out to get you, and you're still staying there. I don't. I can't help you. Like, I I feel that that's the same reaction I got when I heard you know black people say all, all the cops are racist and killing us in the street. I'm like, well, then why are you there? 
like go go out to another there's canada like right the freaks there right like or <laughs> mexico i don't know you know try your luck somewhere else it seems like stupid to stay somewhere where if you think you're actually under attack um but okay fine right let's just say you are and you can't leave then just organize your life as if it does if it's not happening like that's kind of how i'm designed to do things now like i'm just going to pretend like the jays don't exist and just keep doing my thing because until they stop until they get in my way and then i'll deal with it um but i'm not gonna give them i'm not gonna give them any more power like if you honestly think this thing's a demon why would you why would you freak out about it <laughs> like just mm -hmm. like sidestep it i don't know so in this conversation between uh between verveke and peugeot and uh and jordan hall they one of the the observations that they made i, I had to stop and write it down while i was listening can i interject yeah go ahead somebody i think it was uh i think it was my dad in the comments mentioned that uh jordan hall and john verveke are like cult leaders okay i risk i mean i don't know if that's true but i kind of hope it is because that's what that's my goal <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Learning what we're doing past, here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good for them, and we're all cult leaders now, guys. Like, Digital culture. What do you think we're doing here? I was talking to my sister the other day, and she asked what I was up. To what do you think a supporting day. listeners group is? <laughs> right. Yeah. I said, I said something Drink about the uh, Kool Aid. The uh, the supporting listeners group, or, or, or she said, like, what are you up to lately? Starting a cult, and I said, yeah. I said, uh, I said, well, yeah, now that you say that, I've, we've got the supporting listeners group, and we're thinking we've got some ideas about stuff we want to do with it. And she's just like, oh no. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even know who Jordan Hall is. He's the first time I've ever heard of him. Um, um, I've enjoyed Verveke in the past. He's, you know, he's obviously there's a, a degree to which it's like. Like him, him using hyper agents instead of spirits. I can, like I, I kind of understand this, this, this impulse. It's like, all right, my brain works in the science, in the field of science, and when we go into the field of like religion and mysticism, then it's I'm just kind of like a blind person groping around. So I'm going to take the concept and translate it into scientific terms so I can try to wrap my mind around it. I don't, th I don't. Think I, that's I, why I think he that's bullshit it. because he's all he's read, he's read like Saint Maximus. Oh yeah, he's reading you know. it right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's not. Yeah, but what he knows I was what he's say doing. Is like I understand that impulse, but in this case, he's spent easily spent enough time around like reading and doing all of this that at this point, it's kind of like, come on, dude, just you know, like it's because the language is discrediting. So yes, I think he's gotten right, in his right. head that like in in his circles, if you start talking about spirits and magic or whatever, people just start to tune you out. Right. So he's he's accepted that limitation. So he's going to come up with another term, and they're going, "Oh yes, non-corporeal disassociated consciousness." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, is is there an acronym for that? Is there like you know, like oh yeah, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. NHI, non-human intelligence, is apparently the new the new term for for extraterrestrials yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 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 I uh, I listened to that thing you sent me, um, uh, the dude, the interview, um. It was interesting. I I, I was, I, I've no, I know who that guy. I forget his name right now, but I, Walter I, Zern. Walter Zern, Kern. yeah, Kern. Yeah. I know I've heard him other places, and I was always kind of like, mm, whatever. Uh, but I was like, oh, okay. I kind of, I'm kind of digging this Kern guy until he got to the UFO thing, and he described 
sitting down with this UFO whistleblower and him going, well, but he looks very normal and, you know, he's not like got a crazy beard with bees in it and stuff. I'm like, well, yeah, he worked for the military, but okay. <laughs> but he's like, well, you know, I can't, I can't, can't prove he's not telling the truth. And then the next segment right after that is him telling the true story of him being friends with a guy who didn't, he didn't know was a serial killer. <laughs> <I'm> yeah. like, <laughs> Excellent judge of character. Yeah. I didn't, I did not even catch that, that juxtaposition. But now that you say it, yeah. I like, think the whole time he was describing the guy being like, oh, he's very decent, you know, tall and strapping and very normal. And you're just sitting here talking to me like he's describing a deer he shot or whatever. I was like, so you're saying that he's too clean. You're saying he's too perfect. He's too normal. Well, knowing that, but like, <laughs> okay, so you're, so you believe on some level, right, that this guy at least believes that he's been given evidence about UFOs from the U.S. government about it being hidden from the public, yada, 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 yada. You, you be, on some level, you believe that because you're not saying this guy's full of shit. Okay, so, but you can't really believe it because if you really believed it, you wouldn't be sitting here talking in an interview really calmly about this stuff. You'd be shitting your pants because whether uh-huh. you think it's demons or or inter- interdimensional beings that have been contacting Earth and all this other stuff, if you really believe that in that in that framework, you're not kind of like calmly just going about your life, <laughs> like, right? Right. Or right, writing a writing. What is it? He's doing a newspaper, but based on like small town events, which is cool. Whatever, fine. But I'm like, that's not the behavior of someone who just got told that UFOs are real and you're convinced of it uh, by a very nice-looking man from the military. And you're just going about going about your business. <laughs> like, okay. Um, well, fine. Uh, yeah, it's very it obvious me, that, there's a, that, yeah, that there's a big cognitive <coughs> dissonance there, big cognitive dissonance block where he just... I, part of it is probably because on some level, like, okay, yeah, if it is... If it is aliens and they've contacted us and our government has made has made deals with them and and whatever then all right you know like like cooper's favorite meme yeah yeah it's cool man i got a lot going on right now (laughs) (laughs) i think of i think of that meme like uh, probably at least a few times a week (laughs) is that meme your roman empire Oh, yeah, yeah. it's because it's it's like because there's so many times on on x or something on the socials you'll get something and you'll and Part of my brain wants to engage, and the other part of me just thinks of the meme. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, man. Oh, geez, I, I got other <laughs> things going on though. <laughs> like the whole thing in Gaza, I'm like, well, all right, I'm not even following it really. I'm like half following it. Um, just like, like, are they still killing people? Oh, okay, they're still doing that. Cool, 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 cool. Oh, they're still bombing hospitals. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, good, good PR. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so back to Verveki and Hall and Pajot. One of the things that one of the points that they that they were making is um, so essentially we throughout human history, you can track and you can you can identify these different using their terminology, these hyper agents. And what we're experiencing right now is essentially the the degradation. What I say, I said um, I wrote what I kind of summarized what they were saying. It's our ontology is being destabilized by the manifest degradation of existing hyperagents and the nascent emergence of new hyperagents. So essentially the old spirits Demons. are dying and the new spirits are, are, are rising. Sure. Um, Vengeful sun. Yes, yes. Um, oh, intro- oh, I forgot. I was going to highlight this thing that I tagged you in in Twitter. Uh, quick aside. 
So uh, the girl. just to illustrate the point that you've been making. Side yeah. quest. Yeah, side quest. Side quest. Uh, yeah. And before we go on to the side quest, as Slowboy Whiteboard points, Slowboy Whiteboard points out, there's 26 watching and 12 likes. So, uh, so come on, folks, get your likes Quit up. Fucking around. Strengthen yeah. up your spirit, pussy. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, a minute sixteen. She's very pretty, by the way. Like she's very pretty. I haven't seen a. I haven't like mentally clocked a pretty girl in a while. I don't. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's my age. Maybe it's having a daughter. Who knows? Whatever. But I looked at her and like, if I was twenty something, I'd be like obsessed. <laughs> <with this girl. laughs> she's crazy. She's got red I... hair. I've never watched this. Oh, yeah. but she has red hair. She looks insane. That's what, that's my Let's get your get your take before and after. Let's see what you think, Cooper. Okay. I am sick. So what am I? What am I? I well, I'm hold on, hold on. Before and after. I, she's sick. Yeah, I know. I can tell. I'm looking at your eyes. What is this about? What is the context? Uh, you'll see. It's it'll be. It's very okay. obvious. Okay. Because I will go out in public and see today's young men, and I'm just like, something's not clicking for me. Something's just not doing it for me. I've been single for four years. Um, but then I'll go to the thrift store, and you know those like little buckets that have like the old photos in them? Yeah, I'll look through those. And I'm like, whose grandpa is this? Because he was so fine, okay? Like my grandpa who was in World War II. Not him, okay. Give me a second. My grandpa, who was in World War II, a fighter pilot, he was alive until a few years ago, and he was wonderful. And when he passed away, I was the one who was like, give me all these family photos. Like, give me everything. Like, give me the photos. So I have photos of him and his squadron, I think you call it. They were the real time. Like, they were so fun. Not my grandpa, but the men that he was flying and working with. They were so handsome. And I don't know what it is. Like... I really don't. And then I'll see those TikToks of the men, like the actors from the 60s, the 50s and the 60s, and they were so handsome. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way they dressed. But, like, I don't like old men. I love young men. I just love young men back then, you know. Okay, Cooper. What do you think now? Yeah, it sucks. Sorry. Well, it, I, what's your what's your evaluation on her based on your initial impression? She seems annoying. Versus your initial impression, <laughs> like she talks a lot, and she probably says "like" more than me. <laughs> but we you can't know? all be perfect. Yeah, but this is so. You're asking the question like this. So I made two relative predictions mm -hmm. um, recently. One about the ventral sun, which is more of a meta thing. But the other thing that. I, and I brought this with Charles Haywood, and you had, had a bit. What of was the point of that on. side quest? I'm, I'm getting, getting to it. it. That, that oh, the okay. prediction is this: that things are going to get neo trad real fucking fast. Like you're going to wake up one day, in I'm going to say I, I don't like using timelines, but let's like, just say in the next six months to a year, because it's already happening very quickly. When where all those blue haired, ultra feminists, like woke intersectional people are going to be wearing bobby socks or frocks, talking about apple pie, going to church, uh, getting getting all Americana, man, uh, getting very, very neo-trad, wearing suits, <laughs> all, all the whole thing. Jordan Peterson, David Rubin, et al. Uh, because they're going to swing this. They're, they've lost the narrative so much, and woke is, is, is basically done. 
they're going to swing this so hard the other way that it's going to be stunning. And it's already happening. There's another one. Um, I'll see if I can find it. But I'll have it on the show tomorrow anyways. Uh, where it's it's really an ad about... Sorry, stop that. Uh, it's really an ad about uh, guys using, um, uh, using dating apps too much. Uh, but... The imagery used is very interesting. Yeah, here it is. I don't know if I can be able to show this. Oops. Should be able to. Uh, hang on. Where are you? Can I share screen? Yes. Okay. Oh, no, I can't. I cannot share a screen. Won't let I can't you. share a screen. Here, I was, you know, I'll send it to you, Matt. Um, okay. It'll be on X. Anyways, so the to set that up, uh, you'll see it. You'll see it immediately. You'll see it, it immediately. What I'm talking about. There's also the other one that we talked about on last Friday's show about the. Um, it's a Chrysler ad for Christmas. All white people, all white family. Mom is dementia, dementia, dementia up uh, the fuck up. Um, she gets better because she sees a Chrysler. I don't know, um, but uh, all white people <laughs> all during Christmas, like six months ago, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> like there'd be some Asian person there, right? Like the the daughter would be Asian. Don't ask questions, and there'd be some black people in the background because whatever. Um, and you know, mom would be gay, but now it's just like that like as if someone got a message yeah so look okay even before you play what does that look like americana what that looks like elvis presley watch the kids clothes Mm -hmm. i'll tell you what i like the aesthetic uh-huh. Kind of 90210, mid-90s, kind of 50s feel. The peach mm-hmm. pit thing going on. The gum thing. Look, I'm it's a gumball it. machine in the background. I'm liking it. Excuse me. But you are absolutely beautiful. I would love to take you on a date So it's not so much horrible game, <coughs> right? He's kind of a Chad-looking motherfucker too. Like, why is he on dating apps? But, but look at all that imagery, and even what it's telling you is like young men should be should shouldn't be on on dating apps, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna see a massive pushback. I think OnlyFans and all that stuff is out the door. Like, as they maximize it, right? There'll be a period of transition, but it'll be people will be openly calling women those those girls whores and like across the board what was Their that peers be what was that i don't know i don't know what the commercial was for but it, what struck me was was the the imagery of it like it's it's 1950s and i yeah. said early on it's like i i'm like i don't know if they're, i think the liberals want to go back to 95 but i think this neo trad thing will go back to the 50s and I th- because it's far enough away, and the grant and and the great generation, the silent generation, 
don't have as much mud on them. So they won't want to go to the 60s and, and 90s. They'll want to go back to the 50s, right, where it's even more pure. So it's going to be Daddy Knows Best and Leave It to Beaver and Bobby Socks and, and Chuck Berry and all that. You're, you're going to start seeing like it, it freaking everywhere. You're also getting there's, – there's, there's, it has an 80s vibe to it, too. It has – Little eighties, little nineties, yeah, for sure. You, you've got the the era of there was kind of, that was kind of like the coming of age era for uh, Gen X. Gen X was really like like uh, Back to the Future, kind of like that that um, what do you call it? Like that that uh, era, that particular Back to the Future era when when the movies came out is very On the spectrum coming of, of age for them. On the spectrum of Gen X, you have the older ones and the younger ones. I'm technically younger Gen X, but the older ones are actually going to be were be more influenced. Their parents were more likely to, to be and probably have more cultural influences from the Silent Generation. And mm-hmm. you did see a pocket of this in the '90s. You might, you guys might have been too young for this, but you remember when the swing when the swing craze came back? I don't know about like um, what time what time in the '90s oh, yeah. you think? Like '93. I was totally like alive. <laughs> i'm not too young like 97 or 98 so there was like this they they, they went back to uh, slam poetry came back out from the beats it was very bukowski came had a big uh, resurgence uh kerouac all those guys um and you, you you got sort of like this 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 push from the silent generation like that whole culture the beatniks and that kind of stuff became very cool for for a period of time and i think it had a big cultural impact for the older boomers like joe rogan brings up um uh um who's that comedian uh uh, i can't remember his name right now it doesn't matter but from from that time period right so there's there's that 40s and 50s 1945 1955 influence that is also influencing gen xers and it's, it's it's in their cultural dna so it wouldn't be crazy for them to go back to that point, mm-hmm. and this is this is all overlapping or, or coinciding with the phenomenon that we've talked about before, <coughs> both in the the, the King Pilled Boys chats and on the show about the the die off of the boomers and with them the the there's this, this mentality I, I've started calling naive boomer idealism, and it uh, it even this video that Cooper sent me yesterday of this guy um who's uh, made his video about like the schizo autist spectrum yesterday and, that was this morning or this morning rather yeah um it's uh in it like one of the things one of his little his little bits in it is he's describing this basically kind of like this theory and he says he says i went and got some sources and the sources are uh he's like like just so you know i went and found that i had the conclusion in mind and i went and i found the sources that support my conclusion and and then with uh, with another part of it, he said uh, he he's doing this all like performatively, kind of as a bit. And the other other party said um, that he presented kind of this theory, and then I don't remember exactly what it was. Like he presented, like he said that there's there's evidence that this isn't true, or there's no evidence that it's true, or something like that. But he's like, but I like the story, so I'm I'm just going to believe it's true. Um, that that is a manifestation of this this kind of Gen X slash Zoomer spirit that we've been trying to feel out, giving the finger to this naive Boomer idealism 
where it's like, well, no, you have to have your peer review and you have to have all your sources and you have to make sure everything is aligned and you got to make sure everything's been studied out and parsed. And, and it's like, no, it makes sense to me. It, 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 it feels true. I'm just going to believe it and act like it is. I have as never in my life, I have never started as like blank slate. Let me look at the evidence and come to a conclusion. That's stupid. No, I'm <laughs> ideologically possessed. And I like, I'm my, gonna find... I like my narratives more than your narratives. That's I just, right. I'm, I'm biased. I like way, my so. story better than yours. So I want to look for every piece of evidence to f support my story and dismiss yours because yours is dumb and gay. Well, because there's two things going on at the same time. Like most of the things that people get bent out of shape in are bullshit, stupid things, anyways, that don't matter. Like yeah. half the things that people bring up and try to correct you for is like, why do you, who cares? Like, you know, it, and as a Gen Xer, uh, in the room i can say that the thing that drives me up the freaking wall about millennials and this is a this is a massive millennial trait is that you're in a conversation millennial and they've been trained very well to derail conversations by simply going wait and then they'll, they'll fact check you and go you got a date wrong you said it was a 12 it was actually the 14th yeah right and then and then that's there's almost no it's a it's a it's a power play but it just means like you're like okay so the conversation's over then cool mm-hmm I guess we just sit here and look at each other. I don't, what 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 are we doing? Like, <laughs> like, or we could have just bounced ideas off each other and had some fun. But no, you 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 want to like pinpoint something that I said wrong or inaccurately about whatever, or you're or they go, well, you're not a doctor, you're not a scientist, you're, you don't, you know. It's like, okay, well, yeah, you're right. I, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm only referencing someone who is, but fine, okay. You don't want to have this conversation. Cool. You you had your power move. Congratulations. We'll just sit here in silence. Uh, and I think, I don't know, Cooper, you can, you can, as a zoomer here, uh, <clears throat> I think that's one thing our, both our generation share is like, it's so fucking annoying that I, I agree with the bit where it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to, okay. You want proof here? I, I'm going to, I'm going to AI proof it. I'm going to ignore everything else that says, that says I'm wrong. I'm going with dinosaurs are fake and gay. And I don't really care because <laughs> like, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter, but it does, but it doesn't, you know, um, I'd be, I, I'm, I'm. I can't, um, I can't wait if they run the, if they run the UFO story next year, I can't wait because I'm, I'm expect, I just want to see the millennial libtards try to fit this into their phronema. Like I'm, 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 I'm frothing at the bit. <laughs> like, I'm like, please, please, please show me how you're going to try to figure this one out <laughs> and try to spin this one in your head. Because there's only two ways, but okay, fine. Yeah, I, I want to see you do it because uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be lovely. I mean, I, I want to hear you tell me, right? What well, the things I've been telling you this entire time? It's like um, it, when you're an early adopter of anything, like um, uh, with the Ukraine Russia war, and I came out pretty strong against uh, saying that Ukraine should just capitulate and, and go for peace deal early on, and I've had many many arguments both online and in person about that. And now that it's being proven, like all the things I said was, was going to happen and are happening because I'm not freaking stupid. And I've been paying attention to the situation for like 20, 30 years now. So now that everything's happening, it's wonderful watching people just either abandon it or, you know, try to try to spin it somehow. Like, well, Russia's lost 90% of his army. You're like, okay, sure. <laughs> run with that fine so to to tie this conversation into the uh into the red caesar idea 
Um, one of the, th the thoughts that I was pondering um, as I was getting ready to, to do the show here today is so taking this theory, the, these guys are talking about it, these, these hyper agents and thinking of the hyper agents essentially as like, as like ideologies. Cause I don't know, I don't know that I would say an ideology is a demon. Um, so when they're talking about hyper agents, I think something like an ideology would, would, would fit this sort of emergent intelligence thing that they're describing. Um, I don't think it's there's the one-to-one um, exactly. I think a, an ideology is an example of it, and it's, and it's useful to use for um, the purposes of, of musing on these ideas. <clears throat> so if you have, if we're in this, like what they said, our, our, our ontology is being destabilized by the manifest degradation of existing hyperagents and the nascent emergence of new hyperagents. Basically, the role of technology in in our lives is one of the roles of technology in our lives is that <clears throat> it is revealing these hyper agents to us. By and large, most people go on not not ever being aware of it. But then it's like all of a sudden you realize that there's this thing there and it's looking at you and you are you suddenly realize you're in a relationship with something that you didn't realize was there. This is happening on like a on like a social scale. People are becoming aware of these this this tendency of, of human organizations to take on a mind of their own and then operate. You see this from the from the the left side looking at right wingers and seeing them as being possessed by things like racism or whiteness or or uh, these these spiritual categories that they've created. I, I just I, I just want to stop you there. I, I think all we have to really do is try to get the right people elected to the right offices. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, now we're talking. Will... So easy. Thanks, folks. Appreciate you showing up. We Have a good night. Already. Thanks for coming by. I'm a PhD. <laughs> um, which uh, actually, as, as a, another quick side quest, a thought that popped into my head as I was saying that was uh, it, it's interesting to consider in the context of this sort of uh, uh, a revival of red-blooded Americanism in that movie Civil War that uh, oh, yeah. the preview dropped yesterday, who are the so-called Confederates? The Confederates I'm assuming the guys, the journalists. I'm, yeah, or or the or the, whoever the guy. So there's two shots. There's a, there's the army guy, white army guy with the red glasses, who we know must be evil. Who's like, what kind of American are you, right? And there's the other shot of a guy with like a sniper or someone, someone yeah. with a rifle. And he's got paint, he's got fingers he's got finger yeah. his fingers his finger painted. I'm like, well, so he's got to be the good guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Right. Right. The, yep. the journalists are 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 going to save us all somehow. I'm not sure if the if the president in that clip is good or, or good or evil. Could go either way, uh, because we're he's, we're not given enough. So I'm not sure if he's like he's the guy who's attacking the liberals or whatever. It's 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 a fever dream. Um, and it's delightful to see because again, this is people. This is your mind on liberalism. It it just drives you the freak insane. Uh, what, what what the thing that stood out to me is in the context of what we're we're talking about here is that in this particular fantasy that they're setting up, the um, I don't know the the wrong kind of Americans have control of the White House, and hmm. they're the ones who are who would be if you parallel the from the original civil war to the new civil war, the Republicans are the ones who control the white house. 
the Republicans are the Northerners. The Republicans are the party of Lincoln. And the Democrats... The War of Northern Aggression. Stop calling it the Civil War. Then you can't talk about the movie and with and, and it together. So we have to use we have to we have to use the, the terminology that, that that fits it together the best. The original boogaloo. Yeah. It was, so, and then the so the the so in this in the way the movie is being framed, you have the the libs essentially who now represent the the secessionist uprising. Who are the real racists? The, the real racists. Right. So so what they're doing, what they're doing is the libs themselves are beginning to identify with Southerners. They're they're in, in reenacting the Civil War. They're identifying themselves as the Southerners. Have you seen and this? I think this maps? connects very tightly with with your theory that you're talking about, about having the uh, the um, this rise in neo-traditionalism and beginning to valorize Americana again. I think what's it's interesting because like, I think obviously some some people have hearkened on to this on purpose but this goes into the spirit idea like what is a spirit what, what's going on here and if you want to get away from woo-woo language into just sort of like yeah and it's an egregore it's a it's a self-generating uh, idea that 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 is modeled by people uh where does it come from well that's a good question right i don't think it necessarily has to be someone some some tribesman sitting in a uh, s sitting in a, uh, you know, a, a, a room figuring this out. Like, well, now, next, we're going to make them go back to 1955, you know, schmecky. Like, we're going to get get the jukebox back out. But I don't think it's going to, I don't think it was like that. But somehow these desires show up and people respond to the desires very quickly. And they have mechanisms that are very desire box. Like they're very, very good and very fast at, at responding to desires. Like this movie, Civil War, must have, like most movies have like about a two-year turnaround. So from writing, producing, uh, and shooting and putting it out. So this thing was in production probably at least two years ago or a year, whatever you go. I heard that um, it was recorded during COVID. <laughs> right, okay. So there you go, right? So this is already in the liberal mind somewhere before all this, post-Trump or, you know, but now, flash forward, they've already missed the boat because most people in their own dem in their own Democratic Party, the real races, I should say, uh, want to vote Trump. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, <laughs> the dictator is looking pretty good right now. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it'll be interesting to see... Uh, how this ends up i think i think it's a lot of teeth gnashing for nothing i think people are really quick to press the product uh, the uh, predictive programming button um but i don't i, I don't i honestly don't think america's going to civil war it's it basically i think the writers of this of that movie watched way too much tim pool and got way too influenced it's like you gotta you gotta step back from a bit yeah we're not going we're not fighting a war there's not gonna be a civil war that's so dumb Okay, so um, I wish the, to your point, but so to your point, right? There is all these callbacks. There's all these callbacks to something more solid, because we we've been just I think living in chaos for too, so long that any order will do, and people are going to start reaching. So I mean, the I've said that the the incoming spirit of this age will be the vengeful son. Which will basically the, the product of having the tyrannical father of the nineteen of the uh, of the two world wars, uh, leading into the, the devouring mother of the nineteen sixties until now, 
and then you're going to have this vengeful son spirit, which is like the the offspring of those two spirits. And you get things like game stonks, Elon Musk telling basically uh, the WEF and all the rest of them to go fuck themselves. Uh, you know, waging war, the ADL, and all that kind of stuff. Like you're going to start seeing acts of aggression and violence that don't have to be kinetic. And I think you're going to start seeing reactions and a lot of panic about violence and aggression because it's not going to come from a physical thing. Like this is a, the, the poverty of imagination that the real violence won't come from a gun. It'll come from, from literally burning down institutions to the ground. It'll, it'll come when, when all of a sudden the ADL just gets wiped off the map. You know, or media matters just ceases to exist. Like I, and I, it's hard to kind of get your to express to people how big of a deal that is, but it's a big freaking deal, and you're going to see more and more and more of it, where banking institutions are going to be completely restructured, and all these other things are going to be start happening, because of this, like I said at the start of the show, this new power group that's forming, who might give us a, some sort of red seas or at least a uh, a, a, a visual version of them. Uh, I don't. I think they're. I think they are bringing. They're manifesting that spirit the the most, because of all that cadre, you have a lot of very angry people who've been held back, held back, uh, held down, uh, fleeced, fucked, all the rest of it. Even if they're you know doing extremely well for themselves, it's still that like Tucker has that spirit of nah, we're gonna destroy this. We're gonna we're gonna wipe it out. We're gonna take it over. You know we're gonna. We're gonna we're gonna do our thing, and I think they're gonna see a lot of that now because the bo- what like, if, boomers are gone. What if like uh, Canada invaded us? Nobody would expect that. <laughs> <laughs> Least of all the Canadians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, what what are we doing, eh? Oh, I, I just uh, I was feeling depressed. I was about to have my maid's appointment, but oh, I guess we're going doing this now. Like. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the the video of the kid with the talking about Mississauga? The kid with the Ontario accent. Did you no. see that that video went around? Okay, we got it. We got. I, grew, another, I did some growing up in Mississauga. Here. All right, then. Yeah, I'm very curious to get your take on this. Um, where do I? Trata. Down in Trata. I always have. I can never find where the freaking bookmarks are on there we are on desktop <clears throat> okay this one here <laughs> uh share okay what's the best and worst thing about mississauga the best thing about mississauga all the bitches with fat asses you know like when i hit that it jiggles fam like you know it looks proper super proper What's the worst thing? All the weasels with feet beep, fam. All panel by shit, you know? They flex their mom's rent money in Iraq on Insta thinking they got motion, you know? Like, they're all weasels, you know? They carry bear meases and shit. They're all my youths, you know? What's the best thing? Uh, I think he he strikes me as, like, First Nations or Meta. Or meta not Meta. Meta. Uh, I have no idea what he said. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what he said. Uh, in terms of accent stuff, he's probably at Square One Shopping Center, by the way. Um, uh, in terms of accents, yeah, I, there's like, there's the white person accent in in Ontario, 
and Ontario gets like, you know, you ever hear Bob and Doug? Like that's the Ontario accent. Like, okay, like that's that's really like the if you go up north in Ontario and like in Manitoba and stuff, that's how they talk, eh? Like they're you know, shove off you hoser. Uh that's very much very much that. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. But so there's always kind of that almost what is it? Where is it in in the mid? Is it Michigan for you guys, or um, where's yeah, Fargo? Yeah, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin. They all kind of have a little bit of that. Yeah, sure, you betcha. Yeah, I, and you can hear it with even. I don't have that. No, 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 no. I don't have it. My wife has it. I do not. Do you want a cookie? Yeah. Well, I got breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so. End of that uh, side quest. Back to the to the to the point at hand here. So, I what I've been um, what I was what these guys had me contemplating is um, using this category of hyperagent and thinking of it as these kind of uh, uh, self organizing sort of emergent patterns that form out of out of human societies and they they overlap heavily with. Um, uh, with like demon worship, but they're not necessarily demon worship. Um, they, I'm thinking of these as being kind of like the, the, the giant clans that were in the promised land. The Israelites had to go wipe out these, um, these, these giant clans. These giant clans are kind of, I think, sort of like a, like a, um, a, an ancient parallel to the, these modern hyper agents, these different these various uh, ideas that catch fire, they kind of spread like a virus. Some of these viral idea ideas have uh, like natural uh, virality to them. Uh, like the video we watched a little bit ago about this this girl who is uh, yearning for past days of what you know young men looked like when her grandpa was young. That sort of idea is you you don't you didn't that went viral because it resonated with people. It it becomes a um, like a, when something like that goes viral, it manifests something about the human subconscious. It manifests something about um, the way humans are thinking and feeling. And then if you if you track that, you can start projecting like Jason, you're doing. You're starting to put these pieces together and say, okay, we're getting an idea of what's coming down the line based on what pe people are revealing about what they're thinking and feeling and prioritizing. So, yeah, and like that's my, my intention. Sorry, Cooper, go. I was just going to say, we need to, inspired by Well Emanuel's uh, comment here, we need to do a stream where we do cookie ASMR. <laughs> we just like chew, chew cookies in the mic. Oh. <laughs> For people to listen to, that would be awesome. Not a single word is said, it's just crunching on cookies. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? Chewing. That, and then we could do like, we could do like a, like a, uh, uh, a corn a cornflakes episode too, where you get that milk, you get a bit of that soggy milk kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure to monetize. Lots of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take over the whole entire. There's there's only one market for it, and, we're, and it's us. <laughs> yeah, like, you want it. a celery <laughs> stick? <laughs> take a bite. We're the whole the mall. <laughs> we're the whole mall. <laughs> we own this bitch. Chewing my tongue. Um, so this, so well, this, this red Caesar idea, I think, is another one of these these hyper agents. I think this red Caesar idea is a um, 
it's one of these things that is is going to continue to grow and it's going to continue to to take shape and form but it's going to happen um it's it, it's not something that's going to happen necessarily from the top down or from the bottom up it's it, it requires both so you have the, the circulation of elites you have a counter elite and that counter elite serves the role of of inserting particular ideas into the conversation this is what 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 uh, vivek ramaswamy is doing <laughs> His job isn't to actually run for president. His job is to move the conversation, to shift the Overton window. And so by uh, you have the, the, the elites who seed the ideas, and then you have the commoners or the plebs or the non-elites who begin to embody the ideas. And right now we're at a stage where everybody wants Red Caesar, but nobody wants to be Red Caesar. Nobody wants to actually embody Red Caesar on the ground with what that actually means well first of all i think it's going to be all caesars are purple by default um sure to yeah. get red or blue is that right basically that's a dictator because a purple mm -hmm. you kind of want the most amount of people on board with you you're always going to have your detractors but you want the majority of people on all to get parts of the hierarchy to be with you otherwise it's julius caesar <laughs> security system all over again um so, I so think, just get like a better security system. Don't like make Mark Antony be in charge because obviously he fucked that. Yeah, just like just chopsticks. That's it. That's no more. Only chopsticks. Chopsticks allowed in the capital. Um, but yeah. to get to your point though, um, so here's a here's a here's the thought. Caesar is just a king, right? Like uh, has basically. Oh having, shit! I gotta go. Later, fellas. Ciao, buddy. See ya. Um taking the position of supreme authority uh, at the top of the hierarchy. How these how this is typically done in the past is you have these lords, the elites, who, who agree to give up part of their sovereignty to this king, right? So it's like they don't give it all up. They still have their lands and all their, all their holdings and all the rest of it. But they realize that, look, we, we keep doing this individually. We're, gonna, we're always going to have these problems. We're going to tear each other up. But if we give a little bit of our sovereignty, a, a portion of our sovereignty up to this one guy, then he's going to be a, almost the amalgamation of all of our so all of our parts of our sovereignty, and he's going to manifest that, and he's going to then rule the hierarchy. So it's not just yes. Yeah, so we can manifest the desire for Caesar, and certainly the more desirable things are, the more likely someone will will arise somewhere in the West, probably America, but. The issue with it is you're going to need to get a certain amount of elites or a new center of elites who all voluntarily give up part of their sovereignty to this Caesar. That's the only way it works. And it, FDR did this, right? Classically went around and, and went to all the powerful elites of the day and just simply said, look, you're going to get on board. Like, it, you know, he either talked him into it or bought them into it or whatever that but he got their support and by getting all their support and getting them to go along with this you don't just substantiate the policies you substantiate the narrative going forward so you can start doing things like locking up you know japanese people in internment camps and everyone just looks the other way right like whatever you know it's it's amazing that you could have that history and have a representative of FDR in like in uh, Orphan Annie, an Annie, right? He's in that. He's he's in the play. His, his character playing him is in the play, and he's like doing a song and dance routine, um, in a in, in a musical. So like, 
that's what I'm talking about. That's power, right? Power is they don't even start talking about your shit until long after you're dead. Like, and, and, and we're basically into a new epoch. Like no one really cast crap on FDR until probably the last, what, 10, 15 years. Not that I was aware of <coughs> same thing with Lincoln. So yeah, that's what I think. That's why it's encouraging to see a new group of elites start to emerge and maybe take control more and more control. Cause if they're the people who can go, all right, I'll give you part of my sovereignty. I'll give you a part of this and you now can run with it. Tucker can give you a bit of his media. Uh, Elon give you his bit of his technology. Uh, you know, whoever, whoever else is in there, that's how that works. And then that person will have all those parts working with him. Plus whatever he brings to the table. And that's, and I think the way that you get right, that before. is, um, there's there's a an, an aspect of that that has to be manifested from the ground up. There's the top down part of it where the actual uh, Caesar himself shows up and and in and Caesars appropriately, and then you have the it's kind of like the CEO with his board of directors. The board of directors are kind of like the the lords or the nobles, the ones who who cede some of their sovereignty to him and, and they, they, they invest, they ground that sovereignty in him. But that also is something that is, um, I think it, it has to happen on a micro scale as well. And it's, you know, here, here's the, the fractal emote time you get the, it's, it's a fractal hierarchy. So oh, for sure. the CEO and his board of directors, each of those board of directors serves as a CEO with his own board of directors. And each of the guys on those board of directors serves as a CEO with his with his own board of directors all the way down. And in order to begin manifesting that spirit, it has to start with by by you beginning to act as a CEO of your own life and amass your own board of directors. You begin manifesting the 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 Caesarian spirit that that ultimately culminates in the actual Caesar himself. Look, all desires are external. This is Gerard 101. Um, and we're always going to externalize our desires. Even when you're aware of, of mimetic, uh, even when you're aware of mimesis, you're still, it still plays on your life. You're, oh, the only thing you can do is be aware of it and go, okay, so, uh, you know, I'm mentoring, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I should calm that down or, or become more uh, in control of it. Uh, to model your life after successful people, if that's what you want to be as successful, is not stupid that's that's exactly what you have to do <laughs> like because you don't know how to do it no one and go school's never going to teach you things like that like it's it's not just knowledge like uh learned information it's a way of being it's a state of being so you have to be able to model successfully a, a sort of the externalized vision of 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 that uh and then it's like a fake you fake it till you make it you know like you 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 basically keep modeling that system or those people until you become that person uh, or you completely wash out and go do something else. But yes, you, you, you should model yourself after Elon Musk or Tucker Carlson or, who, or whoever. Like you should be looking at those things and figuring out what they're doing and why they're doing it. And I, so you have basically two choices. You can either do pretty much what they're doing or you can try to screw with it and go, okay, He's doing this. Everyone's doing this. I'm going to do something different. Like I'm going to change the price point. I'm going to, you know, uh, 
I don't know, whatever, right? Everyone, everyone has blue background. I'm going to go with red and see how that goes. Because sometimes you can go anti-mimetic and break and break cycles and break frames where we realize like what everyone thinks they want is just because this other dude did it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. The reason why, you know, like why everyone has blue background? Well, Tucker has a blue background. That's it. There's, there, there's no other reason. Um, so yeah, I, you, you got to organize yourself that way. So the, the king sets the culture. Everyone else downstream models the king. But the king's strength and his prosperity and his, his sort of um, uh, his legacy are the people and the land. That's the prosperity of, of, of what he builds is really what carries forward his, his legacy. And why else would you want to do that job anyways? Mm-hmm. So yes, you need the desire of the people. The people have to desire it. Uh, and not just from one segment of the population, but the general population has to desire it. And then the, the elite structure is going to go, okay, if they want that, we got to find a guy who can do that. Or this guy, or this guy showed up, he wants to do it. Okay. Is this someone I can, I can, I can give, I can trust to give my, my, some of my sovereignty to Hmm. Julius Caesar, for example, wouldn't have been able to, to cross the Rubicon and all that stuff. If the Senate hadn't screwed with, with, with the military of the day, right. Which is where he was drawing his strength from. And the majority of people in Rome were like, yeah, fuck the Senate. Right. You got, and they, they love Julius. So they're like, yeah, cool. Right. You, you do that. You know, um, you need that support. Not because you're worried about the common guy doing something. That's not the, that's not the concern. The, the, the thing is that that's your legacy. Like <laughs> your legacy is not going to be carried out by the, the elites. You know, they're mm-hmm. more likely just going to replace you or, or claim it for themselves. So the only thing that, that carries out your, your legacy with in, throughout time is the people. I think there's a there's a um, currently a very passive spirit um, on the right. There's a uh, the right and, and and kind of in Christian communities broadly speaking, there's a very passive spirit with respect to this sort of thing, where uh, some people either think it's not possible or they think it's inevitable. And I think I think some the rise of some type of a Caesar is inevitable. The question of of what type of Caesar I think is something that's yet to be determined. And I think that there should be, I was playing with, playing around with this idea of, of so that you have the, the hyper agents are kind of like the, the giant clans in the promised land and humans. So the, the, the children of Israel were brought into the land of Canaan, the promised land, and they went through and they wiped out all the giant clans. Now, wiping them out did not necessarily mean killing all of them. It meant changing the rituals that they participated in because the people were identified with the rituals that they participated in. That's how you defined a tribe. A tribe is the people who are united around the, the performance of, of particular rituals. It's a participational uh, definition. It's a partic- participational entity. Yeah, and, the ritual and reality are one. Right. And in a, in a similar way, then, I think that, that, uh, that, that Christians have a responsibility to be uh, taking control of these so-called hyper agents, becoming agents, um, agents that uh, like colonizing the hyper agents and grounding them in the logos, and in so doing, they're they're you're, you're overturning the giant clans. So, uh, what was the note that I wrote here? Um, I wrote the proper role of Christians in forming the telos of Caesar. Um, 
and related to that was Paul seeking to convert Nero. You had Paul, his goal was to get to Rome because he wanted to convert the emperor. Um, there's, there's definitely a Christian precedent for this. Um, but the, uh, the last idea that I was playing with here is, um, shout out to Adam Patrick, good friend of the show. He has his podcast, Age of Information. And we definitely are in the Age of Information. Uh, in fact, we're drowning. Does he still do shows? I, I'm never yeah. sure. He yeah. actually, he actually does does quite just, a few. Just here and there, I think. <laughs> yeah. I kind of have to kind of catch them whenever whenever you can. I love. I Adam. think he took a break for a little while, but, uh, yeah. but he's been back. I'm just I'm I'm just I'm just breaking his balls. Yeah. Um. So we're we're in this age of information, and but it's we're we are not suffering from a lack of information we have an overabundance of information to the point where it's kind of paralyzing we're sort of on like a on a social level we're suffering from analysis paralysis everyone's trying to figure out what's coming next how to react to it how to respond what to do and with something like this idea of a of a of a caesar a red caesar or a purple caesar or whatever caesar there's sort of this like sense of inevitability, like, well, yeah, whatever, you know, I, there's nothing I can do about it. It's just going to happen, you know, whatever. And yeah, it is going to happen, but how it happens is that story is yet to be written. I think that what could characterize, I'm going to kind of do a fun little wordplay thing here. So we we're in the age of information. We're going through a period of transformation. And I believe the future is for the people who begin to engage in out formation so you've taken in enough you've taken in enough information it's time for you to form outward it's time to start building communities constructing and targeting and engineering communities for the purpose of essentially colonizing these political instincts giving them a a ground and a base that they can um that they're they're drawn into to try to 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 I, I guess like sanctify these political uh, motivations before they take root. Does this is is anything like this? Is this is this resonating? Does this make any sense? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm I'm also battling with a three uh -huh. and a half year old. So um, you have your own hyper I'm, agent on your. On yes, your, uh, I have my own hyper agent who is uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is transdimensional and. and, and yeah. Very cute. Um, yes, you, you, you have to substantiate behavior. Like it's it's like uh, getting back to the AI thing. Um, there's always this concern about, you know, what if they put all the bad things in the AI and the AI will spit out all bad things? It's like, what are they? What if we start putting in good things like Christ? Mm -hmm. What if Christians can get in this in inside those those systems? Like this is a very sort of David Gronowski kind of kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Like why don't we? Why don't Christians build AIs, mm -hmm. and with with a with a Christ basis in yes. in, in, in in its biasing, colonizing the what, technology, right? See what that yes. does. Christians you know, are the OG colonizers. Well, yeah, because and they and they have the perfect system, which is like you you implant the idea in the king, and you change the entire empire. Right. You don't have to get every single individual. You get the one person, and suddenly the entire empire changes. So, yeah, why you know? And <clears throat> of course, that kind of produces, I think, nominal Christians that sort of porridgey mud. Um, 
but you know, again, it's like there's always things you can find to complain about in terms of it's not going to be perfect or not going to be this or not going to be that. But it's like yes, but but will it be, will it be better than what you have today? And if the answer is yes, then you pursue that mm-hmm. and keep pursuing that and try to make it marginally better or at least not, you know, horribly despondent. Like I'm getting tired of people telling me that it's we're we're in Weimar 2.0. It's like no, we're not because people in Weimar didn't know they were in Weimar. So mm-hmm. they didn't have the benefit of people like us who can look at it and go, this feels like Walmart 2.0. Okay, well, then what we need to do some other things. We have to do some things. Right, right? yeah. Knowing uh, knowing that it's Weimar 2.0 prevents it from actually being Weimar 2.0. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing. Because, yes, you can always find parallels. But if there is... Excuse me. Uh, the reason I can do the show today is I'm sick at home. With a kid, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> but, uh, it, yeah the the reason why even if there is a World War Three, it won't be World War Three, is because it will never be fought like that again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I th- I think we said this in VC over the King Pill Discord, which you all should be joining by the way, if you haven't already. Um, and one of what did we, what did we say? Uh, it was something like. Uh, I just lost that thread. Help me hook. Uh, you're talking about World War Three. That it's not going to be fought the same way as. Oh as, yeah, that's uh... that, sorry. This this is a Thomas Seven Seven thing. That the twentieth century needs to be seen as an anomaly. That it was that it it did things that it was completely disruptive to the rest of how history works, and. Either you can say, well, that's a new trajectory, which maybe it could be, or we're just coming back to the normal thing, which means that the 20th century was just a, a weird common combination of technology and uh, geopolitical, yada, 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 and all these different things you can examine it from, but it's it's a weird century, and you shouldn't base your uh, your future, your you shouldn't base your thinking on the 20th century, essentially. You can, like even, even like maybe like the mid to late 19th century is getting kind of weird. Like, go back f- further to all the rest of history, and then you can start seeing, like, oh, yeah, well, things kind of operate in normal normal, normal patterns. Even, like, when people are, you know, doing crazy wars or things that we would today find find disruptive or, or uh, outside of our minds, it's, like, there's still a pattern and sort of an intelligence to it. Like, we've entered this weird part of the 20th century where, where nothing made sense, and people did a lot of things that don't make sense but yet they did them anyways it's like it's it's like it was an anti-civilizational period of time and we're kind of coming out of that now mm. <clears throat> i think one of the things that that really characterized um the 20th century is the um it's the first century that really began to experience an exponential growth in technological development the 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 gap between 1900 and 2000 was in terms of technological innovation was vastly more than the gap between the beginning and end of of any prior mm. centuries it was more than i don't know probably like eight prior centuries combined and we've we've been continuing that process uh into the 21st century and i think it's still going to continue I guess one of the big things that I'm wanting to uh, 
I guess, motivate people toward is not seeing technology as fundamentally evil and, in fact, seeing their responsibility in um, not shying away from technology but actually stepping into this new technological landscape and treating it as a new frontier to explore and colonize and settle. Because I think that it's going to, um, I, I think what we're looking at, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I think what we're looking at is the birth of the new empire. And the new empire is not going to be um, a, a, an empire characterized by a national identity. It's going to be an empire characterized by digital identity. And being able to functionally move and operate within this digital world and to innovate, to innovate, especially on the level of community, to innovate in ways that enhance community, that bring people together, that integrate people. I think this is a fundamental responsibility for Christians. Your, your job is not to just passively make your way through your life and, you know, maybe say nice things to people or, or, or give people money or, you know, just go to church and do your, like, man, mankind was created to exercise dominion over the earth and exercising dominion over the earth the, the, one of the, 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 the first characteristic tasks of that was naming the animals, which is to apply order and structure and to give an identity and to give meaning to the, the, the lives around mankind. This is the, the, the Christian uh, ethos. This is, this, is, this is what we should be doing. And if you're sitting there kind of just waiting to see which direction the winds are going to blow the reality of this exponentiating technological curve and the political climate that we're in means by the time the winds start blowing and you sense that they're blowing it's already too late you're the opportunity has passed you by and you're going to be operating at a significant deficit i'm actually very optimistic and hopeful about the future i think there's a lot to be optimistic and hopeful about but a large amount of that depends on uh, on, on Christians rediscovering, to, to channel David Gornoski, rediscovering the spirit of technological innovation and and um, scientific exploration and uh, entrepreneurship, as 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 Mr. Gornoski is fond of saying, he says that the, the 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 scriptures start in a garden but they end in a city, and I think I think people don't appreciate how profound that is, if you look. Symbol, symbol, symbol. What's the word I'm looking for? Symbology, symbologically. Symbolically. Symbolically. Yeah, symbolically. I don't know why my brain just short circuited on that. Uh, it doesn't happen to me all the time. <laughs> symbolically, if you look at what a city represented in the Old Testament, especially in the first, the first uh, third or so of the Book of Genesis, cities were uh, a manifestation of the spirit of Cain. Cain was the first king, founded the first city. So to say, and so the, the city stood for degeneracy, corruption, evil, um, uh, and, and it's associated with technological innovation and development. So to 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 someone at that time with that um, uh, uh, imagery of a city, to say God's city would have been akin to the way today if someone was said was to say God Sodom. Because that's basically what Sodom means to the modern mind is what city meant to the ancient mind. And yet, it's a reality that the, the end of the story in the scriptures is a city, God's city. So, this, so 
the 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 uh, sort of uh, Christian uh, apocalyptic uh, tendency toward Luddism, I think, is going to become is is a big problem, and it's going to become a much bigger problem. Christians can't be afraid of technology. They need to be striding into it, and actually should be the ones who are who are forefront in developing and 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 innovating with it. The logos isn't everything, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's like I don't understand. And the logos often, is human. Yeah, and and is and is mo- and when you model the logos, the logos isn't everything. The, mm-hmm. So when you model the logos, the logos models you, or is represented in you, mm-hmm. in all things. So everything you do is representative of it. Um, the uh, it's it's like. Christians, we get too anxious about all this stuff. And it's like, you know, this is all part of the plan, right? Like, we know how this right. ends. Right. And you're all part of the plan. So, like, it doesn't mean part. that, and that doesn't mean, like, Jesus take the wheel, but kind of. <laughs> like, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it does, in a metaphorical sense. Uh, well, a, yeah, faith, faith is works. So if you have faith, right. start doing the works. <clears throat> Matt, I should uh, yeah. get going. And yep. go do be a dad. an hour and a half. Yes, I uh, thank you for taking me. Yeah, in. absolutely. Thank you for do, for doing this uh, suddenly. Anytime. So, so uh, you can go ahead and jump off if you want, and I'll uh, I'll just uh, do the the plugs and stuff. Uh, thank you, folks. I just want to, yeah, thank you, Jason. Go go go, go check out the Two Bit Podcast. Uh, you guys are going live tomorrow, right? Yes, uh, six thirty Eastern Standard Time. Perfect. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'll it's a listening. new it's a new time zone for us. Um. So yeah, so to, to address the the title here, Red Caesar Person or Persona, um, the essentially the idea that I I've been playing with and that I want to I want to kind of uh, implant in in your mind, I guess, is is Red Caesar or Caesar, if you want to if you want to be specific that way, Caesar is not something to wait for; it's something to begin manifesting in your day to day behavior. It's a. It, it's going to be an emergent property. Whatever the Caesar is, is going to be an emergent property from the uh, collective behavior of the the relevant people. So you you have an opportunity to play a role in that. You have an opportunity to 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 manifest that. But it means you have to begin acting like a Caesar in your own life. And I suppose this message is more for our our, our female uh, contingent in the audience has been increasing. Um, which is a, which is a good thing, I think. Uh, but this message here is is primarily for men. Men have to begin acting like the Caesar over their own household, the Caesar over their own life. One of the things that Caesar is responsible for is increasing the value of his kingdom, of his domain. He's responsible for upkeeping it and and expanding its potential by increasing the value of it. There's traps in that, which is why it's so important that you be grounded in the Logos. Everything that you do is ritualized. Certain rituals are much more powerful than other rituals. That's not to say that the Christian rituals are simply a technique. They're not magic. They're, they're, they're an incarnational reality that you can participate in, where you can participate in the life of Christ, and you align your life with him. 
he being the logos, the logos of creation, the organizing principle of all reality. And if you align yourself with the organizing principle of all reality, if you begin embodying it yourself, then he is manifested even more into reality. This itself is a positive feedback loop. <clears throat> and once you do that, then everything that you do becomes grounded in that. And this is the role of Christians. This is taking the gospel into all the world. Is ensuring that everything you do is grounded in the logos and then being very intentional about everything that you do and focusing on building and creating. Because building and creating is what humanity was created for. This is how we are, this is how we are icons of Christ by embodying his creative, productive spirit. Most foundationally, in the, the literal level, by procreating. But another type of creation is innovating in the space of business, art, ideas, tech. All of these things are all proper Christian disciplines. We've suffered for a long time without an incarnational Christianity in the West, but that's on the rise. And I think that it, it properly integrated Christianity is going to be manifested in not just in the things that you're already doing, but in the things that you choose to do that you aren't already doing. So this could be replacing unproductive hobbies with productive hobbies. It could be changing a unproductive career for a productive career. It could be uh, forming a community or joining a community to do something productively, thinking creatively and manifesting that creative spirit in a positive, productive way that solves problems for other people and also ensures that you're able to take care of your own family and provide for them and to build a world, to plant trees that your grandchildren will get to sit under. I think this is the the other hand of this neo-traditionalist spirit that, that Jason has been talking about. We, sh we showed that the the um, the video of the guy with the the dating app, where on the on the on the surface you have this very warm, bright, soft, uh, uh, lots of oranges and yellows and and um, very warm hues, and then on on the on the the underbelly of it is this really dark, cold, dank, sterile, um, digital, creepy underbelly. I think that's a that that the the uh aesthetic of that video just perfectly encapsulates i think what jason is talking about with this really bizarre neo-traditionalism that's going to arise and i think that instead of there, there's a a very common instinct at least as of late with christians right-wingers conservatives kind of this general group of people to see something like that and try to go to war with it try to prove how fake it is or how wrong it is. But I don't think that's productive, especially in the digital age. I think we need to capitalize on that spirit. Point out where, like, when people are, are, are sharing these memes ironically, share them sincerely. Make it popular to be 
uh, a proponent of these traditional values and this traditional aesthetic. Lean into it. Promote it. Because both of these things come together. You're going to get the, 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 the hollow, artificial version of it. But then you're also going to get the, a, a revival in the authentic presentation of it. And lean into that authentic presentation. Don't worry about the inauthentic presentation beyond what you need to know just to recognize its implications and you know maybe to caution someone not to not to fall for it because I think honestly I think the the civil war uh, 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 meme that's starting to go around with this video and of people talking about this this sort of uh, the regime clamping down in this hot sort of way I think that's far less threatening than the prospect of an incredibly compelling, uh, very uh, dignified, clean, sharp, compassionate presentation of what appears to be conservative Christianity ascending to power. I think that's probably very likely. I think it's very likely that while I want to see a so-called Red Caesar— I think there's a very good chance that that Red Caesar winds up being a trap. And a lot of people will fall for it. It's basically the basically the the archetype of of the Antichrist. The Antichrist doesn't come in like riding on a goat, drinking blood and um you know with with horns and a pitchfork. The Antichrist is uh, a very persuasive, compelling person that deceives even the very elect. So I think it's it's uh, it, it behooves us to be able to take the good and, and identify and not be sucked in by the latent evil. I think the doom-pilling stuff about the, the horrifying apocalyptic scenarios, there's just absolutely nothing productive about it. In the video that, that Jason mentioned earlier, it's uh, if you look up James Polis, he had a conversation on Blaze TV with uh, Walter Kern. And Walter Kern pointed out that uh, he's he's spent a lot of time studying the people that are really, back from the, like the 70s, the people that are following the radio and getting really into conspiracies and all the different conspiracies. And he pointed out that there was, with great irony, that there was the, a lot of these people who were just frantic about all this impending doom that wound up living into their old age and dying of natural causes. And I think what he what he pointed out was very was was very apropos, which is that it's a sign of a weak mind to embrace and boohoo about these apocalyptic scenarios. It's actually a way of kind of putting your mind at rest, because then you justify this being completely out of your control. There's nothing you can do about it, and you're purely just a victim being swept along with it. I think that's very true. I think that the the there's blackpilling is is just the most spiritually bankrupt practice that you can participate in. There's nothing productive about it at all. You got to have hope. And there's plenty to hope for. Anyways, you guys can join the Kingfield Supporting Listeners Group. I'm going to do a voice chat here um, in a little while. I'll hop in there probably within the next 
30 to 45 minutes after we finish going live here. Um, we'd love to have you. We've got some really interesting plans, particularly on the, let's say, the front of uh, uh, technological innovation and what a community can look like and what a digital community can do. And I, uh, um, we'd love to have you in now. If you get in before we actually launch the community, which has gotten delayed and then got delayed and then got delayed again. Um, but we had a, a major step forward here recently. So um, uh, if you get in now, then you'll be automatically grandfathered in, given an opportunity to, to, to um, experience all the benefits um, that are to come with it later on. Um, so go over to, to subscribestar.com slash kingpilled and sign up. Just sign up at whatever tier you want. You'll get all the, all the, 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 the benefits of the access for now and um, going down the road. Uh, we'll be we'll be sunsetting the subscribe star eventually and moving you guys over to a different model. But for now, that's the best way to get in there. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Real Kingpilled. Follow Cooper on Twitter at Cooper Brooks. And uh, like the show, share it, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Most of the people that uh, watch, I don't remember the exact analytics, but it's something like seventy percent of the people who watch the video are subscribers. So we need more non-subscribers seeing this stuff which I can, I can do some of that. We can do some of that, but I also need your guys' help with that. I need you guys to share this out, um, uh, talk about the show, share it with a friend, post it on social media. I know with a lot of social media, it's kind of hard because you get suppressed if you post links to an external, uh, an external uh, uh, platform, but um, whatever help you guys can do, uh, it's fantastic and very much appreciated. Uh, and again, 2-Bit Podcast, uh, go subscribe over there. Uh, become a channel member uh, to his... Uh, to their show. Uh, I can tell you it's very worthwhile. They do uh, some really good members only streams and they've got some really fun stuff planned as well. I've had some good conversation with Jason about that. Sorry, <laughs> I'm burping. Uh, Tubit says he'll be in the King Pilled voice chat later today, later tonight as well. So uh, you can come chat with us directly if you would like. That's all for now. And uh, I don't know if we're going to do, oh, we're not going to do a show tomorrow, um, I don't think, because number one, two bit will be streaming and we want to be in the, um, make sure we're not uh, stealing from his audience. Um, he's, I think he's surpassed our audience now, but we don't want to steal what little bit we have. We don't want to make you guys conflicted because I know there's a lot of overlap. So uh, what we will be doing is Cooper and I are going to be going on Counterflow with Buck Johnson. We're going to be recording the, the show tomorrow and it'll probably be posted next week sometime. So be on the lookout for that. Um, which reminds me, you can also, if you prefer to consume this via podcast, if you don't like watching on YouTube necessarily, uh, the, we do have the podcast stuff is uploading. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, for some reason, it's still stuck on the old uh, 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 thumbnail. We don't have the new logo up. Uh, I've tried uploading it. I don't know what it is. It's kind of low down on the priority chart right now. So, um, But you can go subscribe on any of your podcatchers and you can get the show there. All right. Enough for now. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later.